Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Welcome, everybody, to the American Maiden Page Show. Uh, my name is Zach King. I got my co-host here, Professor Dreg. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. I'm actually doing this podcast from Los Angeles. So if there's any little glitches or little differences, that's what uh, is going on. I'm actually in Los Angeles because not only am I here kind of conducting some business and doing some stuff with friends, but the big walkaway rallies, town halls are actually happening this week. So if you're in Los Angeles, uh, be sure to head over to walkawaycampaign.com and uh, Brandon Strzok, you know, the founder of the walkaway movement is actually throwing a couple of different events. So, uh, you know, a black town hall event, I believe tomorrow, May 1st, and then on Thursday, an LGBT event. So yeah, just want to make those quick announcements. I want to jump into a topic that a lot of people have been requesting from me for a long time, and that is the aspect of black on Asian violence that happens mainly in progressive cities, not in Republican-run cities, but in cities like Baltimore, Chicago, Los Angeles, Oakland, and San Francisco. And predominantly, my theory around this, Professor Dreg, was because of the fact that Asians historically have always lived very close in proximity to black people. And so as a result, with poverty increasing in fatherless homes, a lot of the crimes are going to be perpetrated on the Asian businesses for a couple of reasons. One, because they have money. And believe it or not, the second reason is because they feel like they can get away with it. Asians have been known to not report crimes to the police and have also been very, I would say, not complacent, but passive when it comes to uh, racial discrimination. We just don't mobilize like the black community does. You know, whenever there's any kind of instance of racism, <laughs> you don't see Asians rallying together like Black Lives Matter. So what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> see, but, see, that's why I'm laughing because of what you said. One, you think blacks mobilize. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but it's the same thing. Asians don't mobilize. Blacks don't mobilize. And when you're on the streets, yeah, you just don't mobilize. It's just not what people on the streets do. Right. Really right. don't. No, and, no. I mean, uh, uh, hey, no, that's. But, but, here, but here's the thing you got to remember Black on Asian crime happens where? Where, where does it happen? In the hood. Nope. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no. I, I thought I lost you there for a second because. No, I'm still yeah. here. And if there's any delays, just roll with it. It'll come back. So internet connection All right, cool. is stable. No worries. Go ahead. But it happens primarily. Okay, so anyway, well, no, not primarily. It always happens in the hood. I guarantee you any Asian person. Have, do you know anything about Arcadia? Arcadia, California, like in L.A.? Yeah. Yeah, to some degree, LA. but not too much. You want to okay. enlighten me? Everybody knows Arcadia is no one, well, everybody, but those who know, <laughs> because it's part of the hustle. Part of the hustle is to understand and where to get your money. Right. So, you know, a lot of money's in Arcadia. It's known as the Beverly Hills of China, like uh -huh. literally the Beverly Hills of China. So, 
I would say a good third of the population in Arcadia right now right, right. Is, is basically Chinese nationals. The richest people in China all live in Arcadia for some reason. No, no, that's why well, the reason. Well, they've been known to come into those neighborhoods and buy up real estate like crazy. And they've essentially transformed yeah. places like Arcadia and San Gabriel into just like very predominantly Chinese neighborhoods. So why does that impact? Well, Go ahead. Well, because think about this. In Arcadia, the reason why they're doing that, buying up everything in, in, uh, in Arcadia is because one, it was cheap and then they don't really know the United States and the real estate brokers are really shady. So this is all a part of the EB-5 immigration program. We talked about this before. We, we went not into too much detail about the EB-5 program, mm -hmm. but we spoke about this. Right. This is really ghetto money. So if you're going to do anything in the ghetto, you really have to understand how EB-5 works because the banks aren't going to give it to you. Traditional lenders, uh, angel investors, they will not invest in anything ghetto, anything hood. So, but the Chinese will. <laughs> so this is like the real genesis of recent, you know, black on Asian crime because, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, um, I mean, this is an angle that no one really knows, but right. a lot of people from the hood, not just blacks, but Latinos, uh, you know, whoever, whoever lives in the hood, you could be poor, white and broke. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, you can live there. Uh, and, but the thing is, the hood really depends on this Chinese EB-5 money. And the okay. most best and recent example in the Bay Area would be the takeover of Hunter's Point. Uh, it's all done by EB-5 money, $500 million, meaning, you know, if they, if they brought in $500 million, that means about 10,000 Chinese from China and these were literally imported to take over Hunter's point. Mm, okay. And you know, come on, if some Chinese people are taking over your land, <laughs> kicking you out, uh, you know, people get pissed off over that. And so everybody who lives in Stockton or Modesto, they remember, mm -hmm. they remember what the Chinese did to them. So, so they're holding so, that let, let's talk animosity. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the Chinese immigration EB-5 money for some of our listeners who are not familiar with it, right? I mean, can you explain that a little bit in more detail? Yeah, I didn't hear you. Wait, wait, you got to repeat it. I did not hear you. Yeah. So uh, uh, are you talking about the EB-5 in detail or about the violence? No, tell me a little bit more about the EB-5 program. Okay, so basically the EB-5 program is is what Trump really wants to push. Okay. And I, I totally agree with him, 100%. We need to push the EB-5 uh, immigrant investor program. So basically it's like this. If you live in a poor area where the, okay, so the, the basis of the program is this. If you wanna live in America and you're an immigrant, pay a million dollars, start a business with a local Mm -hmm. And you and your entire family could live in the United States, automatically get your green cards. Sure. And in five years, you could become a citizen or something like that. Um, or, or you get your visa in five years, you become permanent resident. 
okay. get your green card in, in like three or four years or something like that. Um, but you got to spend a million bucks. You got to put it at risk. You can't just buy a million dollar home and have property. You really have to put a million dollars into a business. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you have to hire. Sorry, go ahead. Job lasts at least two to three years. Mm -hmm. It can't just be a job that, oh yeah, I created 10 jobs in six months. Everybody's out of work. So you have to create 10 full-time jobs with that a million dollars. Right. And that money has to be put at risk. So there's no guarantees you're going to make it here. So at the end of two years, you're broke. Well, guess what? You, you got to leave the country. Mm, that makes That's sense. how it works. Cool. Hey, Professor Dreg, stay on that for a second. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stop your video. Sorry, I'm just going to stop your video so that we oh, don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll turn it off. You know, I'll turn that, it off. That'll help. Yeah, this will help the connection. Can you hear me a little bit more clearly? Yeah, dude, I did not hear anything you said the past like five minutes. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I hopefully, you know, the recording will capture that. I'll kind of cut around it. But how's this sound so far to you? Sound okay? Yeah, sounds be better. Yeah, because without the video, we can actually hear each other better. Yeah, I want to know how EB5 immigration, right, with more of these Chinese businesses, how has it contributed to a lot of the tension between black people and, and Asian people? No, but it, it okay, so all of the tension is because of this, because of what's happening. So in the, in the recent, like, gosh, in like, like 30 years, uh -huh. the Chinese have been buying up black neighborhoods, or well, not black neighborhoods, they've been buying up white neighborhoods occupied by black people, and those blacks have now been displaced to other areas. It happened in the Bay Area, it's happening in L.A., uh and, and shit man and there seems to be no end to this mm -hmm. and that's why like if you look yeah. at arcadia arcadia is a perfect example of this so uh again if you just look to arcadia arcadia is a third of that city like in the old days and this is actually quite important for most black people um because look yeah. every year in arcadia Mm -hmm. But not even black, just, just those black people who understand track and field. So if you understand track and field and you train and track for the off season of football, you know what Arcadia is. Every year, Arcadia holds this really prestigious track meet. And if you, may, if you get invited to go to Arcadia to this track meet, you know you're going to get a lot of scholarships. I mean, everywhere, like the SEC everybody's watching you at this track meet. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's a big deal. And now it's kind of like, well, you know, Arcadia lost its meaning. Uh, just everything in the hood. In a way, mostly through gentrification mm -hmm. and gentrification recently, because everybody wants to blame tech companies. Oh, tech companies on. Uh, you and Kim spoke about this, about um, what's that, those companies? Um, I forgot, but Google and some other companies. Oh, Snapchat. Right. But in, technically, that doesn't really affect the hood because Google doesn't buy property in South Central LA, or mm -hmm. I guess they call it South LA. Yeah. They don't go into Compton, <laughs> and they don't go into... And they don't go into uh, Hawthorne or Gardena. They don't go anywhere like that. They don't. Is Snapchat buying up Gardena or did they buy it Pasadena? 
<laughs> you know, you, you know what I mean? Way to put it, yeah. There's a big difference. There's a yeah. big difference from the two. Here's the thing, and here's the kicker. If you buy a property in a ghetto like East Oakland, East Palo Alto, what's happened, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to spend a, a million dollars. All you have to do is put up half a million dollars. Right. That makes sense. And that's, and that's what they've been doing. So not only are they displacing blacks and Samoans and Tongans or whoever, they're doing it for half off. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Because half a million dollars to do a business in the ghetto, that ain't going to get you far. What kind of business are you going to start for half a million dollars? Mm -hmm. You know, you open up a, a laundry, uh, some kind of, you know, let's say dry cleaners, not because it's Chinese, right? but you know, let's say it's, you're opening up a dry cleaners, uh, uh, one of those fancy, um, you know, 24 hour service dry cleaners just to buy the equipment in the Bay, man, you're going to have to spend like a couple of hundred grand. Yeah. That's just, just on, an overhead cost in the beginning just to get started. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just buy these green programmed, um, you know, dry cleaning machines. That's a couple hundred grand in itself. And then when you apply for your permits and everything else, the rental, because, you know, you kind of look half a million dollars is not going to buy you a building. It's just not. <laughs> yeah. So, you're right. you, you know, to throw down money for a, a lease, like a, a five year lease, Mm -hmm. you're talking about another possibly another fifty thousand dollars right down the drain right, so right. You got just on machines and your lease half your money's gone because these people who want to invest in the ghetto they're not doing it to to waste money they're doing it to only spend half a million so that's the budget so you know you got 250,000 bucks to run and operate a business, hire 10 people at a minimum wage of, you know, 15 bucks an hour now. Uh -huh. Man, when it was raised to 10, that's insanely high. You can't do it. So what do they do? They run to these, um, instead of opening up a business, they run to a guy like Willie Brown or that, that uh, Jesus, I, I don't want to sound like I'm anti-gay, but I could only remember him being a gay congressman out of Nevada. Uh, you're talking about Harvey Milk or is that? No, no, no. Harvey Milk of San Francisco. No, but there was a senator, a gay dude. Uh, I think we from... talked about him in a previous episode. I can't. Yeah, I know. And I always forget his name. He yeah, was, he's was he? And he's gay. That's the only thing I re That's how I remember. Not because I'm homophobic or it's just how I associate things. There's a lot of things to remember. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and remembering people's names is, is just, it's really, so I go by stereotypes. It's just what we do. You know, it's, it's a survival instinct. So, like, I say, look, that black dude, the dark black dude, not the high yellow black dude. It's just what I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, that's how it I'm works. high yellow. You know what I mean? Like, I'm high yellow. Uh -huh. So, we'll say, like, oh, that high yellow dude or whatever. You know, that's what they do. So, but anyway, so this gay senator out of Nevada, because he was, um, oh, God, he was a counterpoint to uh, McCain. And then people, why do you remember McCain? It's like, dude, because McCain has been around since dirt. You know what I mean? He's old as hell. And and uh, so, you know, everybody knows McCain. It's hard to forget who McCain is. And I always associate Barney Frank yeah. because he's gay. But, uh, but it wasn't Barney Frank. There was another guy. He was happened to be gay. And, but he wasn't as popular as Barney Frank. So Barney Frank's been around for a long time. 
Uh, McCain has been around for a long time. But, yeah, I just forget that dude from Nevada. But you can go to Nevada. You can go to any crooked politician like Willie Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's black. So that has to be noted because it's not about race. It's about these dudes are, are politicians. So these politicians start something called the EB5 Regional Center where they group everybody's money together and then they buy up the hood with that money. Because as long as it's, they call it T, a T area, targeted employment area, uh, if you buy that up, you only have to spend 500000 and then they guarantee those people from China all of that uh, coveted green cards. And, and that's what happens. So, here's my question to you, though. What about the old school Asians that have been in the neighborhood for many decades and the friction between the yeah, Asian community hurt. and the black community? They get hurt in the process as well? Well, yeah, because they get blamed for it. <laughs> See, they're getting blamed for all of this stuff. And that's my point. See, everybody's ignorant to what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's so why I say you look to Arcadia. If you understand Arcadia, you're going to understand the violence. Because when we were growing up, the violence against Asians and Blacks were literally, like, for example, the Filipinos, they had a gang, and the Filipinos were nobody. I mean, you just have to admit this. Everybody knows it. And, like, dude, talk to any old school Filipinos who have been around for a long time. Um, like, Cubert. I don't know if you know who Cubert is, but Cubert is, like, the world's greatest DJ ever, and he's yeah. Filipino. Not too so familiar he, with him, but yeah, I can totally see where you're okay, coming from. But he grew up in the hood. He, he well, I don't know. He, he grew up, I don't want to say he grew up in the hood because I don't know him personally. Uh, but just based on how he loves hip hop and does scratching, uh, like, trust me, he's, he's like one of those Filipinos that we grew up with. Right. Because the Filipinos, you know, they're Asian, their families were intact, and they always had money, street money, but still, in comparison to us, they had money. Their, look, their parents, <laughs> I mean, they were so supportive of their kids, even the stupid ones that wanted to be DJs, <laughs> they'd buy them DJ equipment, speakers, and uh, every Filipino was a mobile DJ with these massive earthquake speakers and it was like man you throw this in your car and you'd be like oh but anyway and everybody knew it so so uh yeah filipinos are always getting robbed because they always had money so and it's just what that's just how it goes but anyway so um so even back then blacks you know they would fight like because you know uh there was this group called the louisiana swamp dogs i don't know why Right, but because uh, nobody was from Louisiana, nobody understood the swamp, but, <laughs> but that was their name. And I remember there was a big time fight between them and the Jap Rocks. The Jap Rocks is a Filipino term that was, uh, from what we understood, was spoiled brats. Okay, that's what it meant. Jap Rock meant spoiled brats, but now it means like if you go to Urban Dictionary or something like that, <laughs> they call being streets smart and i'm thinking being a brat is now associated with being street smart and hood and and whatever but anyway so in the old days there were but but just look you know if you knew karate or kung fu it wasn't gonna be enough to stop like a big ass dude who was like six three six four you can kick him all you want and it ain't gonna hurt well you know like i remember 
Yeah, I mean, with Asians, sorry, Sophia's crying again. <laughs> no, 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 go for it. I, I, talk over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I just got to make sure I, uh, I'm aware of that. But what I was saying is that something that I, I brought up in my video extensively is the fact that a lot of these Asians, right, aside from the progressive policies, the immigration policies that have been part of why the relations have been like this is also because they're vulnerable, because Asians don't report this stuff to the police. That's why it's not really something that gets brought up very often. Well, okay, so hold on. But, but, but remember, because you asked about the old school stuff versus the new school stuff. So the, here's the difference. In the old days, uh, yeah, this is weird because the Chinese made a weird alliance with the Samoans. And it caught everybody off guard in the old days. I remember this one Samoan. His name was uh, James. I don't want to say his last name. But he had a Samoan last name. And that dude, when he learned Kung Fu, <laughs> holy shit, it changed the whole dynamic of, of gang fights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden now no, you, could, but, you could dodge your moves and all that now. Well, not, no, real. But the, no, but he had power. Like no one's business. Because, you know, Samoans, that's like a natural warrior race. So, so we, uh, so, well, I don't want to say what we made a natural alliance with the Tongans, but... Because Tongas and Samoans don't like each other for whatever reasons. I don't know why. But so we associated ourselves with the Tongans because, you know, you need, you know, because that's what happened. So when the Chinese started associating with the Samoans, uh, we had to associate with the Tongans to counter. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just how it works. Like there's always this thing. So there was always been gang violence. But now the violence is different. You see black people just randomly just beating the fuck out of old ass Asian people. They'll beat up women. And that's the difference from back then and today. So, you know, back then it's just the street. Everybody fought everybody. Blacks fought blacks, whites, Asians. They didn't care. But, and there was rules and, and all this other stuff. So it was kind of cool. It was kind of like watching a movie if you really wanted to see. Cause like, I remember we had uh, this, this one Samoan, right? Uh, and he had nunchucks, and he fought one of our guys, the Tongan with the chain. Oh, it was the world's greatest fight. <laughs> if you nothing on TV could have matched this fight two heavyweights with one with the chain, and the other one with, with nunchucks or choco sticks. And the other, I don't know what's the proper term, whether it's nunchucks or choco sticks, but either way. It was a bad, brutal, bloody fight, and they were fighting on top of cars, hitting each other, trying to get leverage. It was good. It was a good fight. But anyway, that now that kind of fighting is no more. So it's not like, and and I'm telling you now, the reason, the reason for, the reason for the violence that we see, because like the violence you're talking about now is kind of like young kids attacking Asians. That's what you see on the streets. Yeah, like young black kids going after Asians for whatever reason. But that's the, the stem of that comes from EB-5 and the whole process of the, um, the whole process of the, um, of, of, of what's happening between the politicians and the, the use of, of regional centers, buying up all of these properties and they're being displaced. So is EB-5 overall a good thing for the community or is it a bad thing? Well, okay, so 
if we use the EB5, okay, because my thing is like this. I want the EB5 program, and I want it desperately, but I want it redone. I don't, we have to get rid of the regional centers because the regional centers is what's happening right now. And you see at the end of the process, sure. blacks are being hurt. And you can't blame the Chinese people for that. But they don't know any better. All they see, because here's the thing, what do black people see in the streets? If you guys are following what I'm saying, what do you see on the streets? You see blacks being displaced because property values are now way too high. Right. Nobody could afford these high rises because what happened in Hunter's Point? They built like, you know, all those ghettos are gone. So they just bulldoze them. And so what happens? You know what I mean? What happens to all those people? They get displaced. So right. who are you going to blame? Who are you going to blame for that? If you're a black dude, you're uneducated, you don't have any opportunities, and all you know is crime. Well, you're what probably you going to go after Asians. I mean. No, no, but who do you blame naturally? Like, this is just basic psychology. You know, who do you blame? I'm not really too sure. The government? No, each no, other? no. You got to put your shoes, like, put yourself in their shoes. If you're from the hood, see, this is the thing. We're going to, like, not we, but I'm going to try to make the listeners be in the shoes of a black person being displaced because mm -hmm. all they see is my old home is torn down and a Chinese mm -hmm. dude owns yeah. it. Okay, I couldn't I make a deal with these Chinese because why a lawyer working for Willie Brown made a deal. And guess what? That $5,000 they paid me to move out. Mm -hmm. It was a sucker's bet. It was a sucker's choice. Right. But they had no say because they're because you hate to say this, but you know, you got 20 something year old men living with their moms in the hood. That's just what happens. So they go, man, my mama, you know, she couldn't, she, she was ripped off. And I told her not to do it, but she got ripped off. But you know what I'm saying? But that's so they don't get mad at their mom for making that bad choice. They're going to get mad at the Chinese dude who forced them to do it. Right. Okay. And, yeah. um, so, so back to your original question, like who are they going to get mad at? Right. So I'm yeah. going to put myself in their position here for a second. Um, well, I'm not justifying it either. I'm not justifying it. I know. I know. And that's why I want to get into this because this is a perspective that people aren't normally going to get. It's like, I mean, are we going to blame progressive policies for the implementation of, well, yeah, of course, this is the end result. This is the end result of progressive ideology. It really is because they're trying to move in. Because look, Arcadia is a beautiful place. And don't get me wrong, like Arcadia is badass, but it's only for the elites. If you really look at Arcadia, dude, like Arcadia is like paradise to me because most of those girls are hot and they're the, they're the girlfriends of the rich dudes like seriously, like Arcadia is like a place where all, like all the hot chicks are mistresses of some Chinese dude in China. And that's where they hide them. Cause you know, like in China, like they like, dude, like this is like a real Chinese thing. They, you know, the, the wives and like their daughters or whatever, they, they'll find the mistress and they'll strip her naked mm -hmm. out in these places. 
you know, in China. So what, what does a dude do? He hides them. <laughs> he hides them in another country. <laughs> That's so pimp. And then, so the thing is like this, I could walk into Arcadia right now and I could flip about 50 chicks and make them work for me if I wanted to do it. I mean, you know, I'm not like that. I'm not that guy anymore. But if I had to, oh man, I would love Arcadia. But see, these kids don't know how to be, dude, even the kids in the street know how to be street. They don't know how to make money. They don't know anything about business. They don't know anything about psychology. And that's why the psychology behind all of this is really, really bad. This is just social engineering. Right. This whole thing about Asian on uh, black on Asian violence is, wow. is social engineering. This has been engineered. And, you know, how, why? Well, we got into the mechanics. EB5 is the mechanism to bring in all of these Asians to displace uh, blacks. Because I remember uh, that one time I met with Willie Brown, he told me point blank, he wanted everybody, because this is way back in the early 90s, mm -hmm. he told me that everybody in San Francisco should make about sixty dollars to $70,000 a year. He said everybody in San Francisco, that was what he was projecting? Sorry, sorry, sorry. The, the baby's bleeding into the recording here a little bit. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I'll have to cut this part out. Uh, yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah, she's going to go. Okay, bye, thank you. <laughs> she has to go to the U.S. Federal Building. Go to the post office. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to make sure I cut this part out. The post office is a federal building. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, um... So let, let me get back to what Willie Brown said. Willie Brown told me that everybody, and this is like way back in like 91, 92. Willie Brown told me every single person, in order to live in San Francisco, you should make sixty to $70,000. And that was an insane amount of money back then. Even, in the, 90s, even in the 90s, that was a lot of money for San Francisco? Fuck yeah, that was a lot. Oops. No, I didn't mean like to say, uh, <laughs> no but anyway. Just, yeah. But, $70,000 was a lot. You know, teachers at that time were making $30,000, 30000 $35,000 a year. How are you going to live in San Francisco on a teacher's salary if you're only making $35,000 a year? Hey, but Willie Brown had that dream that everybody should make sixty dollars to $70,000. Now, you can't live in San Francisco unless you make about $150,000 a year. And not that's, even, man. I mean, did you know that 150000 is considered middle class? It's not even... No, but that's the point. Just mm. to live, not to own property, just to live in San Francisco. That was his point. Not to own property, but to live in San Francisco, you need to make 70000 60000 back in 91, 92, where mm. everybody's average salary was like 30000 He wanted that, and that's social engineering. How does one make a city so expensive, so rich, where everybody has to make a certain amount of money. And that's how you do it. You got to get rid of the poor. Mm. You have to bring in rich people who are willing to deal with really, really, really messed up people. The dregs of humanity. You have to have those people in your city in order for this to happen. If you don't have any dregs, guess what? You're not gonna have a city that 
requires $100,000 worth of salary to live. Because think about this. How much money does it cost or how much money does San Francisco spend on homeless per, uh, people? Each individual homeless person, how much money do they get in government services every year? About 100000 Uh, I would, I believe it's, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's way too much. But no, every homeless person receives about forty to $50,000 in government care every year. So each, forty to $50,000 for each homeless person. In yeah, in order for that to happen, okay. the rich people, the middle class are taxed out of their minds to make that happen. But you need, you need your dregs. You need the lowest and you're, you're like, seriously, you need drug addicts. You need homeless people in order for this to happen. So you got all of these rich people in San Francisco living in their bubbles, totally oblivious to everything as like they don't see it. They don't see all the poop on the streets. They don't see the drug addicts. They don't see or they're not affected by all the car break-ins. Mm. I've been here for about a year and my car's already been broken into four times. Yep, pretty common in the Bay Area. I can no, but so that would it. never happened. Never yeah. would have happened in back growing. I'm not kidding. That's not a hood thing. Like people don't be breaking into poor people's cars. They break into the rich people's cars. You go into a rich neighborhood, and then you go ahead and break into their cars because they got stuff to steal. But these junkies, they're so desperate for money, they'll break into someone's car just to get a dollar. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. Like, if you get caught, oh, I don't know. Like, in the old days, if you got caught breaking into somebody's car, you're going to be looking at, you know, anywhere between three to six months, depending on how many priors you got. Right. You know I mean? It's just, it's, but now these junkies don't care. They don't care. So the cops don't care. <laughs> they stop, like, uh, let them be junkies. So the, the, the high taxes, right? I just want to kind of recoup here because you've given me a lot of information, but the high taxes, the high minimum wage, the high mandate for paying people to live in San Francisco is not just because of the fact that to keep up with its infrastructure or whatever, but it's to go and actually fund poor people. Is that well, correct? Yeah, that's correct. But, 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 um, but how does this tie into Asian and black violence or black on Asian violence? Because these Asians, they're just getting their asses kicked for no reason uh, because they are socially engineering this. So the politicians came up with a way to find rich people to invest in these ghettos. Which is rich people from overseas, from China. Overseas. Right? Yep. Because how, come on, do you I'm, think any Chinese person with any sense growing up in the United States is going to open up a business in, in the tenderloin? No, no, they won't do that. And honestly, to be honest, a lot of rich businessmen in America wouldn't do that either. Of course they're not. I wouldn't. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's any, look, any normal person growing up in the States, they're not going to say, oh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to invest in Hawthorne, California. <laughs> yeah. on, Shaquille O'Neal tried that crap. And he, he was out of business in a year or two. Now he's doing commercials for that stupid The General. Yeah, so they, they do it primarily to gain obviously they're they're green cards right because part of the eb5 program i don't know if we actually outline this for our listeners completely but it's about creating jobs so that people from overseas who are funding businesses in the united states are able to get 
green cards as a result after yeah. however well, many see, years. And, and here's the thing. And then a lot of people will say this. Oh, that's a lie. Professor Drake doesn't know what he's talking about, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have no idea how messed up it is in other countries if you're rich. Because, see, now, in other countries, they still have the, I don't want to say the code, but they have honor. Like, poor people aren't going to steal from themselves. They're, you know, I mean, I know if you ever go to Brazil or all these messed up countries, um, there, there, there's violence, but it's not like here. It's different. Like, you know, when you steal from somebody, you're not going to steal from another poor person. You're going to go to a rich area, kidnap them, ask for a ransom, do it the old fashioned way. You know what I mean? So, and you're not going to hurt them. You just want money. And that's, that's basically mm -hmm. what it is. And, and those are the things it's like, if you're broke with no yeah. opportunity, you have to get capital. And, and unfortunately, that's how you get capital. It's just how it works. Like you have to, a lot of times, and even this country was based on this, you have to commit crimes to get capital. You know, like uh, there's a knock on Christopher Columbus, uh, but I'm not kidding you. This is like a real thing. Christopher Columbus tricked a whole bunch of Indians <laughs> into believing that, that he knew like some kind of magical powers and, and he used the eclipse in order to trick a whole bunch of Indians to giving them all kinds of free food and stuff or else they weren't going to last. <laughs> and there's a, a picture of Columbus pointing to the moon with all these Indians kneeling. That's a real thing. And, and people don't understand why that picture is. But those who know, know those are like the original hustles because that's what you're going to have to do. Like you have to hustle stupid people. If, if somebody's stupid and doesn't understand something, well, you just got to take advantage of that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's how it works. But anyway, so that still happens in other countries. It's look, when you're broken, poor, and you want to get out, you got to get your capital somehow, some way. So, and, and those, those countries won't necessarily even have the kind of opportunities that you're looking for in the long run. Like, okay, look, go to the Philippines, go to India, go to China, where there's a whole bunch of poor people. And those criminals, look, people don't want to live poor. You go to India and it's, you go, and this, this is a joke on, on Family Guy, like uh, the road to India. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, the, the airport's all nice open the doors and, and the whole place is a hole of feces the india's just it's just a place come on you know and it's just a third world country and, and those people don't want to live like that and some people dream they dreamed of a better life so you know they're gonna steal and rob or whatever but here's the thing why do people like to go to the and go to the US under the EB5 program because it is the cheapest in the world to only spend a million dollars for a green card for your family to escape the whole of feces that their country happens to be to live here in the United pay. States where even yeah do but seriously take San Francisco out of the equation the poorest slums in the United States is like paradise in India, yeah. even the richest areas of India don't look as nice as. Oh yeah, I mean not not. But you get what I'm saying. No, no, I know, I know. I could say that about China. I could say that about Malaysia. Having grown. Okay, up. so now check this out. This is a real thing. This actually happened. Uh, the guy, some guy. I'm, I'm not even gonna say the country because I don't want to uh, say who this person is because I, you know, there's like 
NDAs and stuff like that. But there was a guy who was the sole distributor of a massive major shoe company. And he was the only one. If you want to buy these shoes in this country, you have to go through him. If you like a Walmart, Kmart, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue, if you wanted to sell these shoes, you have to go through him. Only one in that entire country. He owned a chain of restaurants, super rich. Mm -hmm. They kidnapped his son. And even though he paid the ransom, they killed his son anyway. And he was tired of, you know, come on, how many times can you kidnap his family? How many times, what, you know, this guy wanted to leave his country. So, but again, like he couldn't get, you know, because look, when you're doing things the legal way, you know, when you're trying to migrate into this country legally, you know, the government has a lot of questions to ask. You know, like, hey, why are you coming here? You're so rich. How come you just can't buy security guards? Why can't this? Why can't that? Yeah. Because the security guards are corrupt. You know, you could pay somebody all the money in the world, but even those guys are touched by the hood. You pay some dude 50000 in a messed up country, and those guys now become targets because they got money. So, you know, of course, uh, 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 even the security guards can turn on you. So the the you know the this country asked him and just thought that maybe he was involved in drugs and they didn't want him to come the 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 regular way so they forced him into the eb5 program and he had to spend like four or five million dollars because that's how rich he was and it was like a hustle the government hustled him to spend five million bucks and uh and that's why he did it so a lot of rich people are doing it just to get out of the country and I know like in China, you know, a lot of these dudes are doing it to hide their mistresses. That's why Arcadia is like, man, it's, it's, I love Arcadia. <laughs> but so, anyway, so just to shift gears uh, real quick, um, one thing I wanted to ask you was, what do you have to say about people like Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein who come from places like San Francisco? And the interesting image here is that you'll never see them really go through San Francisco. You'll never really see them walk through Chinatown. They don't live in the areas they represent. They That's really what I'm don't. saying. So I was going to lead that point in with someone like Maxine Waters, who's been yeah, and she owns criticized a bank. for that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Bank owner. She oh, yeah. owns banks. I think they have five. Like I think she's, she's a very rich woman. You know, she's worth like millions and millions of dollars. A lot of these career politicians from progressive cities who don't represent their districts, <clears throat> very, very wealthy. Yeah, and and a lot of people always say this too. How can a person who makes 150,000 a year have like a $40 million net worth. Yeah, I know. They're not even 40 million. Like Nancy Pelosi is very close to being worth a billion dollars between her and her husband. And I'll tell you how she did that. Uh, very similar to the EB five program. They wrote a law helping visa. Seriously, they put restrictions on every single credit card company, Discover, MasterCard, everybody. Right. But right. they favored Visa. Two days before this law was to take into effect, she bought like 100,000 shares of Visa. <laughs> oh, but how did she know? I mean, that's just a good business move. How does that explain the fact that she's worth Dude, a it's, lot? Dude, that's called insider trading. Oh, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. She bought... 60,000, no, yeah, 60 to 100,000 shares two days before this law was going to be uh, passed in Congress. So she knows she about the wrote it. So she, she knows wrote the law. Yeah, yeah. 
He knows about the regulations before they become regulations for everyone else. And that's totally legal. See, Congress can do this. Martha Stewart went to jail for, for not cooperating to testify for uh, insider trading. Okay, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> but think about this. If it's illegal for everybody and it's illegal to lie about it or not even because she, she – okay, this is the thing about Martha Stewart people really need to know. She didn't commit any crime. She just lied. And I don't even think she lied. I, she just didn't want to testify because, you know, she didn't want to say anything. She, in theory, you have the Fifth Amendment because, you know, Congress is not a grand jury. They're just a bunch of people who literally do nothing for our country. Right. And, uh, well, I mean, they do stuff, but, you know, just out of, um, you know, as far as what they do for, for this economy, they, they really, they don't contribute. They're just in our way. They're taking money. You know, they're stealing our money through taxes. They're creating an environment where blacks are just so pissed off at Asians that they're beating them up for no reason. And Asian people have nothing to do with it. It's the policies. It's the social engineering that's happening. And Nancy Pelosi Rich, because she socially engineered it to be that way. Come on, who do you think wrote all these laws that lying to a congressman is a, you know, you can go to jail for that for two years. Who are they? They're not a judge. Mm -hmm. They're nobody. They don't represent the people. I don't even know how Nancy Pelosi even wins these elections. I mean, who's really watching the people who count the ballots? It's that corrupt. I, that's what I think, because so look at Florida. Does she ever get, does this, I mean, does she ever have opposition in the some four decades she's been doing this or however long? I don't even know if it's four Well, decades. here's the thing. If she has Republican opposition, come on, you know, all, all Republicans are gutless out here. They got nothing. They're not going to say anything. They don't know anything. It's just a dude you know, that, that's going to run up against somebody. See, because if there's a real opposition, like a Republican Party, which is non-existent here in California now, because I don't know, like I, I listened to what you and Kim were saying, and Kim was saying that she believes that, you know, there's a lot of Republicans in Orange County. I'm thinking, no, they're not. <laughs> that place there, is, are, there are, but it, it's, it's not as prominent as it used to be. Yeah, no... In the old days, there was even a movie called uh, Orange County with Jack Black and some other people, James Franco, I believe. Uh, and, dude, at that time, it was hardcore Republican. Everybody was Republican. San Diego was Republican. Now, hey, hey, it's just what? a bunch. Yeah, yeah. That was back in the day when, you know, people like Michael Huffington ran as a Republican and could actually win. Dude, Ariana Huffington was a Republican. That's what I, I wanted to bring that up. I feel like, I mean, and the Huff Post is the most far left leaning public. Yeah, and now but, she's a liberal. And now she's a liberal because you get paid more to be one. But Well, not just that, but the, it, it was also like, again, it's part of social engineering. You join the club and guess what? You don't have to pay taxes. You get to live in a bubble, like on the top of, you know, you get to go to the penthouse now. You're part of the Ivy League tower that just permeates uh this this mentality that oh my god of like okay so this it just 
I mean, if you really want to talk about hatred, that's what this is. This is kind of like watching Ghostbusters and all that pink ooze that that feeds on hate to make these monsters and Ghostbusters do. That's yeah. what, what progressives do. It just permeates this pink ooze that's filled with hate and making all these people fight each other, kill each other in the streets while they're profiting. And very few people get to live like Pelosi. Very few. And you got stupid people like uh, London Breed, and I, mean, I don't want to say she's stupid, but uh, ignorant people, that's a better word. She's ignorant. She's ignorant to, um, to, like, everybody's ignorant to what progressive ideology is. Hell, even, like, the listeners are probably ignorant to what's really happening, which is why we're talking about it. Why are we speaking about this? Why is there the black on Asian violence on the streets? And why is it unreported? Well, the, the number one reason why it's unreported because Asian people know from experience the cops won't do anything. That's what even I said in my initial video, yeah. Yeah, no, but it's even if it's caught on tape, they're like, yeah, we can't catch it. You're alive. And they only took a, several hundred dollars from you. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is we've already talked about the incompetence of police officers because they're not educated. Well, no, but they're not incompetent. They're told not to do anything. Why? Oh, okay. Because let the insurance company handle it. This is also part of the scam of insurance. We talked about this in a previous episode, how I know without a doubt insurance is a scam. It just is. And if people don't know this, insurance is a way to make you believe we're not living in the wild wild west but you know it's just a scam because what's happening today is worse than what happened in the old days in the old days this never would have happened never would have happened never not even a million years would this ever happened but now there's an entire industry funded by this the insurance company funds black on Asian violence because Asian people pay about 25 to, well, this maybe not that. Okay. I think, okay. Asians pay about in the 10, like let's say in the ghetto, I believe Asians pay about maybe like $15,000 a year in, in two insurance companies to finance their businesses. So, and if you're getting beat up, like, you know, like, cause, like a lot of these guys are business owners, you know, and they get ran up upon like these three or four young kids will just beat them up, take their little bag and it has a couple hundred dollars. Or maybe it's like the mom of the dude that owns something, they get beat up or something like that. Uh, so the insurance company will pay. They lost like 500 bucks. They got beat up hospital bills, whatever, but they got health insurance. So the health insurance will pay that. So in, in theory, if an Asian person gets beat up, they're lost. The insurance company loses about 6,000 bucks mm. on average. But then well, Asians are paying like anywhere between 10 to 25,000, depending on how many times they got beat up uh, a year. And sometimes here's the thing though, they make more money off of that because like I said earlier in the beginning of the show that Asians are less likely to report on this and even act on this. Yeah, because it's going to cost them. Think about this. Come on, Zach, think about it. This is simple math. If I, the insurance company, gives you $6,000 after you got beat up, but you already gave me 
$15,000 as the insurance company, how much money did I make off you that year? About $9,000. Exactly. But guess what? Now that you got beat up and I have to pay you, now I'm going to up your premiums. So now instead of you paying $15,000, i am going to make you pay $20,000. Mm-hmm. So now you got to give me twenty grand. What you got beat up again? Oh, what happened? But, okay, well, I'll how, give you seven thousand. Well, that that's the thing, right? I mean, insurance doesn't really work, unfortunately, like a separate savings account. It works like insurance, which means the way it works is, say, you know, your injuries were fifteen thousand, and you had only paid ten thousand in, and that's what they operate off of. But see, the thing is, that's few and far between, right? Because the whole point of doing it is to alleviate that in the event that you do have to utilize it, which is why I don't, I just, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I, we've already talked about this. I don't really think that insurance should be something that is like, you shouldn't have to get insurance if you don't want to, but yet we mandate that for people who drive, you know, we mandate that in certain situations. Yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, see, Oh God, this is so bogus. It's not even funny because even the word insurance, you really got to understand social engineering to understand why insurance is such BS. Uh, so the original meaning like of insurance really literally means from Merriam-Webster. And that's why, you know, my Bible is always going to be Merriam-Webster because you have to understand the definition of words and how it affects people. Because if you're some Chinese dude from China and you're learning about the word insurance, you're like, oh, very good. It means guaranteeing the protection or safety. You're buying insurance for protection or safety. That's a real definition. But here's the thing. It doesn't really protect you from danger. Exactly. But the word means protection, but it doesn't protect you. That's part of the scam. You're better off going out and getting yourself a gun. Well, not just getting a gun, but don't report it either because they're ripping you off. But guess what? Social engineering kicks in. By law, you have to have insurance. And then that also feeds back to the whole notion that under progressivism, we've been taught to give up our rights. but, But here's the thing. It permeates to every single aspect of our country, of our culture, because everybody believes we need insurance. Republicans will say it, and obviously Democrats are saying it because they love it. That's how you make a ghetto. You make a ghetto by having police officers that are, oh, I, geez, Louise. Like, come on, you're getting paid. I know it's not a lot of money, but let's just say that cops, and it's true, cops don't make anything in San Francisco. Uh, police officers starting pay when they're, uh, cadets they make like 80 some thousand a year and then when they become a cop it's like 90 some thousand so at ninety thousand dollars you're gonna take a bullet for 90k (laughs) see they're not forward-thinking people uh police officers they're they're just not and and people say oh there's police officers you know god bless their souls but they're idiots you know because they're making, let's say, $150,000. They're never going to own a house. They're never going to own property. They're probably driving in from a, a, a real godforsaken place like Stockton, California or Fresno, uh, you know, where meth is everywhere. You think they're 
the drugs are bad here in San Francisco. Look at a place like Fresno. Jeez Louise. But anyway, um, so these cops are driving in, making only $150,000, and they can get shot in the head by any fool on drugs. You know what I mean? Some guy finds a gun like that little wetback dude who shot that white girl on the pier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that stuff is real. And a cop is going to do that for 150000 a year? Come on, that's not forward thinking. If he dies and he has a little kid five years old, who's going to take care of that kid? Welfare? Come on. You know what I mean? That dude was suicidal for what reason? Suicidal ideology. Boom, more proof that progressive ideology is suicidal behavior. Yeah. But they just don't call it suicidal. Well, let's, let's revisit back to just the point about insurance, right? Just to get this clear to a lot of our listeners. I mean, think about it, right? How often really, aside from instances where you are at high risk, say medically or with reckless driving, how often has insurance really in the long run paid for itself? You've always, Never. More, that's what I'm saying. You have always, if you're a reasonable person and you're not some, you know, 14 year old driver who can't like <laughs> right no let's, i mean i just want to make no, this very clear and break it down because, yeah, you, yeah but you it's never, true. how many 14 year old drivers oh, are there but, and i know i know but that's the thing right is that say you've been driving for 60 years and you've gotten into maybe five accidents max and now five sounds like a lot right but over the course of 60 years come on over Dude, the course of 60 years that. it's nothing it's nothing in fact you probably have bought five demolished cars junked out cars for that same amount right and people don't seem to understand that see that's the thing you could have killed okay well i won't say that but you could have totaled five cars with the amount that you've paid in insurance over 60 years and it still wouldn't cover it dude but let's go with that theory that you just said you could have killed somebody and it's still because it's the truth you kill someone right it how much does it cost to bury a, a person not that much to bury somebody costs like about $13,000. And uh, are you responsible, you know, if you're ever charged with vehicular manslaughter, are you responsible for taking care of their family? Nope, that's not how it works. It was an accident. And, uh, but the insurance company will pay out. But if you have like a $15,000 policy, that 15,000 is what you're gonna get. Mm. So, you know, and so the the reality is that guy who killed somebody with their with his car still pays way more to the insurance company than the insurance company pays out. 